dairy is probably the most highly advertised yet horrible for you thing that we put in our bodies. For example, low-fat dairy is more directly related to men's prostate cancer than smoking is to lung cancer. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. Welcome back to Social Convos. I'm your host, Diego, together with my co-host, Shanluk. Shanluk, are you freezing today? Because there's a, a storm little bit. outside. Yeah, well, I, I'm not freezing. My screen is freezing. <laughs> Just, But I, I want to give you a compliment because quickly I went through, the, I had a couple of our guests ask for recordings and I sent out a couple of Spotify links. And I have to say, the Spotify link, she cleaned up the audio quite a bit, put like a little short tangent in the beginning. So my hand off to you, man, for, for making the audio experience. So for people that are watching live, it's often a video experience. But for people doing the rerun or listening to the podcast, actually listen to it on, on Spotify or other streaming platforms, they get a crisp, very crisp audio. So shout out for you for, for making that experience, the audio experience even better. Yeah, th thanks. That's the whole point because, you know, you remove the visual and people need to be able to 3x that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, we have, I I've looked at our schedule for the next episodes, also the episodes that we've had. And I started realizing that there's a team. We have a, there's a, there's a team. There's definitely a team going on. It's centered around all kinds of health, personal health, mental health natural health, and also a lot of personal development. And I think, I think that's kind of interesting because that's exactly the things that we want to talk about, the things that we are interested in. And I think most people that tune in are also very self-aware and looking for ways to kind of have more self-reflection. So today's guest is somebody who I only recently just met. She's a natural, natural health expert. And she's been in the field for quite some time. I'll let her introduce all the things that she's done as well. So without further ado, let's bring in Jody Isaacs. Welcome, Jody. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here without a storm. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we were a little scraped. We have some people joining in. So for those who are less familiar with the show, we, we have some people joining in. So hey, Joe, thank you for joining in today. And we have people tuning in from Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. So it's kind of a, a mixture of an audience. And of course, the, the reruns, also, there's also an audio, which can be listened to on all streaming platforms as well. So to get into the program, Jody, could you tell us like a little bit of, of history? Because of course, we now say like, hey, natural health. But how did, we, how, how did you get from, from where you started to where you are now? Yes, absolutely. So I grew up in a typical modern middle-class family. My father was a pharmacist. So anytime I had any illness whatsoever, pop this pill, go take this. And I remember, I don't remember how old I was, maybe 14 or 15. I've had issues sleeping 
pretty much my whole life. And he gave me something to knock me out. I have no idea what it was now, but I'm sure it's the equivalent of an Ambien. And about three hours later, I come tromping out of my room and said, Dad, when is it supposed to put me to sleep? And he looked at me just like, horror zombie child. What do you mean you're not asleep yet? I was like, well, I haven't fallen asleep yet. So that was my first introduction to my body doesn't work the same as most people and medicines don't work the same. And as I got older, I learned through swim team mostly and performing. I was a music major. The connection between body and mind and stress and specifically the gut connection with stress and then by the time I was 19, I was actually traveling in a group called Up With People, if you're familiar with it. And we spent a year on the road and three or four months into that tour, I got incredibly sick. We went on a fabulous hike, hiking the, let me remember exactly where we were. Can't believe I've forgotten, Bryce Canyon. We were in Bryce Canyon and got almost to the bottom. We only had three hours to be there. And on the way back up, I just hit a wall. I could not make it back up. And the bus left us. Thank goodness I was good friends with the bus driver and he refused to leave without a car being left behind and put us in the car. And when we got to the next city, I went to use the bathroom and all that came out was a lot of blood. And that was my first serious introduction to my health issues from that time forward. So it started, that started months long of in and out of the hospital, being told I probably had cancer, being told IBS, being told hemorrhoid, being told I was pregnant. I was 19 on the road and hadn't done anything to get pregnant. And yet they're all telling me I have pregnancy, parasites. It was unbelievable the number of things they spouted out. But that started a journey. So I had to completely change my diet. I was very blessed to see a, well, I don't remember if he was an internist or a gastroenterologist. I think he was a gastroenterologist, but it's someone I'd never seen before and I've, I've never seen since. And he looked at me and said, you need to remove meat, remove popcorn, remove caffeine, remove illegal drugs, which thankfully that wasn't a problem, and remove alcohol. And since I was 19, again, not a big problem, except that I was moving to Europe in January. And so the alcohol thing was a I can imagine. I was excited to go to Europe. Um, but it turns out that actually I did do all of those things, except I didn't drink or do drugs, but I did change the other things. And it made a vast difference, but not large enough. And when I turned 21, I did try to start drinking. And sure enough, the doctor was spot on. I could have two or three sips and I would internally bleed. And they never found out where or why it occurred. So go forward. I finished my degree and I go to I go to massage therapy school. It was a bucket list thing. I just wanted to learn how to do massages because why not? And now I've been a massage therapist for now 24 years. So it won out over all of the other problems that I had over the years. But in that class, actually, one of our teachers was fighting prostate cancer and he didn't tell us. And he told us near the end and he cured, completely cured his prostate cancer stage four naturally by, and this sounds disgusting, but he would eat 15 cloves of garlic. He'd chop them up and eat them in the morning before he ate anything else with a whole bunch of water. 
And then he would do citrus and more water after, I think, an hour. He would do citruses and water and then just eat a healthy. I don't remember if he was plant-based or not. I just remember that his whole thing was the garlic. And that was my next introduction to, okay, so I was told I might have cancer. You have stage four cancer and it's gone from drinking garlic? Interesting. So that opened my eyes even more. And then I met a client who introduced me to a book called A Cancer Battle Plan. Because her husband had diabetes, young clients. They were in their late 20s, early 30s. And her husband's type 2 diabetes disappeared by them changing their, literally just their nutritional lifestyle. So that's what got me started. And eventually I went back and got a nutrition degree. And people don't like my version of it because it's, it's an all-natural form, a plant-based alternative look at changing your lifestyle in that way. The book that I'm currently writing is only this much nutrition and a whole lot of the other things I've learned along the way, like electromagnetic field, the joy of pet, stress, exercise, body work, of course, who doesn't want a massage? Did you know it improves your immune system by like two to 400%? Oh. Be be before <laughs> we go into all those things, so especially the, the nutrition part and all those things you've researched, it's always fascinating to hear like, I, I, I mean, it's always see the strength, you know, you, you face adversity, everyone around your teens, 20 to 30s, some kind of mm -hmm. challenge. And then people start exploring like, oh, they have a chronic illness or just an illness. And the wet, the modern medicine or the modern health world just can't find a solution. And they go on this journey yes. of self-exploration. We've heard this several times before. So. You just mentioned bucket list as well, that, that massage therapy was something on your bucket list. Was there anything remotely or, you know, on that bucket list that was kind of health related, music related, kind of other passions that you kind of had to set aside during this journey? hundred percent. Yes. So, oh, wow. I have to go backwards. 30 years of my mind to remember. I honestly wanted to be on Broadway was my goal. I was a singer and could play some piano and some flute, but I was a, a music education major. But my hope was to either be on Broadway. Actually, in reality, my, my true hope was to somehow combine music, specifically worship music, with traveling and helping people and disaster relief and somehow fit the health aspect into there as well. But I wasn't willing to go back to school at that time to become a doctor. So and I still have yet to figure out how to combine those three. But yes, all of that got set aside at that time when I got sick and ended up going into massage therapy school and then had children and time and money flew out the window, <laughs> I'm sure. Anybody with families and kids know how that happened. But yes, the original goal was Broadway, travel, disaster relief, and performance, but performance in such a way that points people to their creator and to a, a gratefulness for what we've been given this life. Like at 19, I probably should have died. I should have died in that canyon. And, and several times since, as a matter of fact, 
life is a gift and learning to be grateful for that. It's, that is a journey in and of itself. And honestly, in my book, that is the first main chapter is of all of these things that you can change. It's supposed to be 30 things and it's like 45 or 50 at the moment. <laughs> so I've got to figure out to bring that down. Like he's running gross, more fabulous, alternative, non-Western medicine ways to improve your health. And gratitude, positivity, choosing to not be a victim in your world, choosing to see everything in the light of being blessed because we are so very blessed. And there's evidence all throughout the world. And you guys are in South America and specifically they've done studies in the really poor areas of South America, Brazil and Peru and sound, I'm trying to think, might've been not Nicaragua, I'm trying to remember exactly where the study is. I'm, I'm horrible with remembering details of studies, but they found that the people who lived there in the most extreme poverty had a higher, tremendously higher level of contentment and joy and happiness than millionaires in, you know, first world countries. And it, it just shows that our stuff, our job, that's not what does it. it. It is a choice. It's the people in your life, how you, how you choose to live your life. If you're going to be selfish, if you're going to be giving, if you're going to love the people that God has brought into your life, or if you're going to just be a snotty, judgmental poop. Anyway. So, it's, it's funny that you mentioned this. Two small stories. So one, we have a friend, he's, he's leaving tomorrow, but he came over for our conference, Jay. And Jay said when he went, like when we go outside of the city in Suriname, like it's like all the weight falls off your shoulder. You come there, you right. see the water, you just take a hammock, you you lie down, and it's like all the worries that you have during the day are just they're just gone. And it's like a, a two hour drive away from the city and it's it's already gone. And there are different ways in the US and in Europe that you can experience the same thing, but there's often a little more level of intensity as to you have to walk. Or you have to you have to do a little bit more in, and, and for us it's really just lie down and relax and don't do anything. Right. And and the second story which relates to that there is a, a Surinamese joke about a, a fisherman and there's this businessman that goes up to the fisherman and slash like hey if you alter this slightly you can catch twice the amount of fish that you are getting now and the fisherman is like okay. And then, well, then you can actually sell the excessive fish and make a little bit of money off, off of it. And and then, yeah, and then you can have your own vehicle and have your own house and, and build more wealth for your family. And then, and then you'll have so much wealth that you have the weekends off and you can sit down and relax. And a fisherman goes, but yeah, but that's what I'm doing right now. So it's it, it's kind of this... The state of, 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 of life that we are like, we're in a rat race towards something. And these kind of moments, especially the moments when you're vulnerable and you realize like, Hey, wait a minute, I've, I've got a life. That's, that's so much already. I'm, I'm really thankful for it. So it's, it's just a subtle reminder for me that we take that for granted. And, and Nancy also points that out. I do have a question because a lot of people who are shooting in are on the garlic. So, <laughs> so they, they really want to know now, like, okay, but hold on a second. Okay, we're, this is not a 
this is not a an official episode where we sell any kind of products or cues or anything. <laughs> but to give people a concept of like how you can use garlic to cleanse, which 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 wine sharing like like a simple tip on sure. Absolutely. And it doesn't have to be garlic. There are so many foods that are highly antioxidant, nutrient rich, garlic, onions, herbs, spices, basically every fruit and vegetable that you can eat fights cancer. Every single one of them just takes out free radicals left and right. Specifically the garlic, this gentleman used it in such a way it's just fresh organic garlic chop it up in the little teensy tiny pieces, drink it with a bunch of water on a completely empty stomach in the morning. That's it. That's all he did. And uh, that is not a prescription. I do not diagnose. <laughs> Disclaimer. <laughs> and you, yes, to say that. Now, I will say you would never know it because the way he did it, taking it on the empty stomach, drinking, and I mean a lot of water. He was probably drinking two gallons of water a day, which again, if you do such a thing, Watch your electrolytes. Do not mess up. Get too little sodium and too little calcium. You can really mess up your body by having too much water. And two gallons is, is pretty extensive. Recommendation is half your body weight in, well, if you're in pounds, half your body weight of pounds in ounces. So I don't know how that translates into kilograms. We can figure Would that out a later. Quarter. <laughs> About a quarter. Yeah. So yeah, a quarter of your body weight in, but again, there's ounces. So how about liters? It's <laughs> complicated. I think we got it at two liters a day would be. Unsafe. That's the, like one and a half to two liters. That's the general recommendation. Really? Yeah, because for here, a, a Coke bottle is roughly two liters, the, the larger thing. So yeah, so half, half a gallon, two liters. That's about right. And of course, it depends on your body size and your body weight, and it depends on what you're eating. If you're eating a lot of fast food and dairy and meat and fried stuff, well, drink more water because you are killing yourself with this. So you just mentioned antioxidants. Like, is is that a like important component? If you if you had to break break down like what you get from fruits, vegetables, like garlic, for example, absolutely. What's the role of antioxidants, or like how does that affect the body? Years ago, and I'm talking roughly 15 years ago, antioxidants was the buzzword. And at that time, science had basically taken the molecular structure down for the healthiest foods to realize that, oh, they have this high value of antioxidants. And what that means is that in your body, almost everything you do, exercise, breathing, Everything stressful, every bad thing that you eat in your body actually causes something called free radicals, which are little atoms going around. You've got electrons, you've got neutrons, all that fun stuff. And a free radical is this atom going around that has had an electron stolen from it. And it was stolen by another free radical. The free radical is looking to replace its missing electron. And so it's literally a scavenger and it goes and it ruins another cell by, by stealing things from it. It ruins another atom by stealing its electron, then creating another free radical to go and wreak havoc. Free radicals cause something called oxidative stress, which is if you light a candle, you light the wick and the smoke comes out, that's 
oxidative strength. You're literally oxidizing that. If you cut an avocado and you leave it on the counter, it turns disgustingly brown, but only on the top layer. The top layer is exposed to oxygen, so it has sedative stress. The layer underneath was not exposed to the air. It was protected by that top layer. And this is happening so in the body. It happens inside your body. Yes. And even good things like exercise create some oxidative stress. So what you want to do is eat and drink as many antioxidants. So things that go in and neutralize the free radicals. It's something so full of the right kind of nutrients and the right kind of atoms with the electrons to literally neutralize those free radicals and then you just flush them out of your body if you drink your water. If you drink your caffeine, it doesn't flush it out because caffeine makes you hold on to, yeah. <laughs> For those coffee drinkers, I'm sorry. I'm sure y'all are in that group. And tea. I'm a tea lover. I've had yeah, to greatly. I'm on tea, but yeah, I, I take the caffeine from Coke. So that's, 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 very yeah, good. I do understand the problem with that as well. So the antioxidants you want as many, you can't get too many because you have billions of free radicals in your cells at any, or in your body at any given time. And you want the antioxidants to neutralize them. They, they literally are fighting every single disease. Inflammation in the body is also a result of oxidative stress. And for Western medicine, most of the typical Western diseases, heart disease, Diabetes, obesity, all of those are inflammatory diseases, fibromyalgia, arthritis. Literally, it's the oxidative stress getting higher than your antioxidant level and creating heat, like in such a way that it's painful to you and increases the risk of all of these diseases. So, the more antioxidants you have and Phytonutrients, I was saying 15 years ago, the buzzword was antioxidants. Well, now they've learned there's a smaller molecular structure called a phytonutrient. You have your nutrients, your antioxidants, your phytonutrient, which really basically means a plant nutrient. It's just at a, a tinier level. All of those help with inflammation. They help your body have the right pH level. It helps bring down the inflammation. It literally can cure disease. Like Hippocrates, let food be thy medicine. He wasn't joking. Food really is our medicine or it really is what kills us. And it's our choice. We're the ones that put it in our mouth. If, if we have these diseases that are from fried foods and caffeine and all these high processed things we put in our body, sadly, we've done that to ourselves. But that also means we can undo it ourselves it's just a choice it's a hard choice it takes a lot of willpower but get the people around you who are great cheerleaders and encouragers and i found when i removed meat and dairy from my diet that you get bullied a lot it, well if you don't drink alcohol no matter what the reason people don't comprehend that oh hey i drink alcohol and i go bleed internally it's awesome i get a trip to the hospital they don't believe me when i say that I'm pretty sure even my husband doesn't believe me. But if you don't drink, if you don't eat meat when you're out with your friends, if you don't have that ice cream and that dessert, they can be really mean. And part of one of those things to help improve your health that's in my book is social. choosing the people in your life. Choose people who are for you, not against you, who aren't going to put you down for making these wise, healthy choices to get better. Or just to be 
maybe not to get better if you're not ill, just to be at your own top functioning level that you can possibly and basically be to encourage you know the mental state your know, mental well-being before you go further uh, on that i want to dial it back a second because your your focus is on natural ways to improve your mm-hmm. health right and you mentioned fruits vegetables all these kind of natural elements edibles that we have that have these components now we have the western modern medicine where you know they artificially create these things like from what you've experienced research like what's the missing element in these artificially created medicines or sometimes just placebos in some instances mm-hmm. to just eating you know some mandarins or some garlic like what's the missing yeah. component that that antioxidant that's been artificially created doesn't mm-hmm. work the same it does not work the same and it, it's actually really quite simple and uh, this is one of my issues with America specifically and our FDA and what's allowed to be sold is healthy vitamins, supplements, all of those. As you said, some are artificially created, some are not. They have taken, say, vitamin C and vitamin D and biotin and riboflavin and all these things out of a fruit or a vegetable or a leafy green. And they've removed it and put it into this capsule or this pill. And they've, if you look at a medicine bottle, it'll have maybe 20 different vitamins, minerals, and nutrients. Okay, you have 20. Guess how many an apple has? There we go. Citrum. Looked like Citrum. An apple has over 4,000 known phytonutrients. And the difference is when you take that supplement that has the 20 individual nutrients in it, and you put it in your body, your body does not recognize it. They call them poop pills because you're literally going to poop out almost the entire thing and your body can't use it. And sadly, what you do absorb, it doesn't recognize it. It will likely see it as a foreign object and attack it and get it out. Because Mr. Apple over here with its 4,000 nutrients over our thousands of years of existence eating fresh fruits and vegetables, you know, only recently have we come up with baked food. Your body recognizes Mr. Vitamin C only when it comes with 3,999 other nutrients. They all have to knock on the door of the cell at the same time for it to be like, and then Mr. Apple, come on in. If vitamin C all by itself knocks on the door, they're like, who are you? You can't come in. You've got to be here with your family. And there was actually a study done in, I believe it was England, on vitamin E about 10 years ago. Because vitamin E is supposed to help your skin. It's supposed to help reduce inflammation. It's supposed to be great. So people were taking capsules of vitamin E oil. They stopped the study because the mortality rate was going higher in the study than in the placebo group. The vitamin E alone was literally killing people. It was causing lung damage. Your body does not recognize those nutrients by themselves. Eat the apple. The apple a day keeps the doctor doctor away. It it really, truly is so much 4,000 times better for you than that supplement. Now they are coming out with some supplements, private companies, Juice Plus. There's one that's on TV. I haven't fully looked into something ballot where they are 
juicing fruits and vegetables and they are condensing that. They remove the water and the salt and the sugar, but they leave everything else in it. And they do it in a, a no or a low oxygen environment. And what's the other thing? So it, it doesn't get the oxidative stress to it because oxidative stress kills your nutrients. Sorry, I lost my train of thought trying to think of the second thing they do. Anyway, they remove, like I said, the salt, the sugar, the, the fluids, and they condense it down into a powder. So the one little pill was done in such a way that it's, oh, low heat. That was the other thing. So they're not heating it up because anything over 105 degrees also kills your nutrients. So when you're cooking that steak, all the nutrients you could have gotten out of the steak, you killed it. Um, same for your broccoli. When you cook your broccoli over 105 degrees, you are still getting some nutrients, but all those enzymes, they're dead. You killed them off. They're gone. They're not going to help you at all. So things done. This is where raw food people come in. That's why raw food is such a big deal because the enzymes are still alive and you're not using your body's enzymes to digest your food. Anyway, some of the supplements do it in such a way that you're getting like 50 strawberries and 40 apples and however many in the lentil pill, which might be overdose, except that there's no fiber. So you don't have trouble with it backing you up. Um, that kind of product, which I'm really only aware of a couple in worldwide, could be a, a good supplement to your life. But I'm sorry, but Diego, you should throw that bottle away. <laughs> oh, so no. It's awesome. It's it's also the side effects that are not taken into account. So there are certain, like certain fibers that are not taken into account from the positive side, but then there's also certain things that are not taken into account. Yeah. So I want to, I want to do like, because it's so much inter interesting, because like you said, like it's only recently that we started messing with science and trying to figure out mm -hmm. kind of shortcuts. Basically it's like, yeah. oh yeah, let's take this pill because then I don't have to peel the apple or I have to make it into slices or, you know, anything to make it easier for us to pop a pill and continue on with us life. And then you get to the interesting part, which is the difference between veganism and, and vegetarian. And then we get into the dairy and you already kind of mentioned dairy already. And I remember like from a pop culture perspective, there was a Quentin there, was it? No, a Guy Ritchie movie in which one guy goes on a rant about like our body not being able to process cow milk because we've been doing it only for a short amount of time when you look at it from yes. a macro historic perspective so i i'm really curious now on on like the impact of dairy and what's like positives but also side effects or things that we're not aware of that dairy does mm -hmm. to your body so this is one of my favorite topics <laughs> thank you Shlomo. Dairy is probably the most highly advertised yet horrible for you thing that we put in our bodies. For example, low-fat dairy is more directly related to men's prostate cancer than smoking is to lung cancer. It is a higher percentage of causing... Wow. Could, you, could you please repeat that sentence again? Absolutely. Dairy is more highly related to men's prostate cancer than smoking is to lung cancer. It is horrible for you. Dairy is the most inflammatory, inflammatory food we can put in our body. So again, all those typical Western diseases, heart disease, arthritis, inflammation, even acne. I was thinking about this earlier today. 
our high schoolers go to the doctor for acne. They put them on horrible medications. And I want to get back to the pharmaceuticals in a minute to dry up the acne. And they say, oh, you're just going through hormones. Okay. I know a lot of kids who go through puberty without acne. How come they didn't get it and these guys did? Well, what's the regular food for your typical teenager? Pizza, fried chicken, if, if you're in the South, fried chicken, macaroni and cheese, I mean, just all these things, but they're all filled with dairy. It almost all comes with dairy or it comes with being fried in oils. Well, if you put a whole bunch of oils in your body, what is acne? Too much oil on the skin. Your skin is one of your main detoxifiers for the body. It's literally pushing the oil out of the body because it's toxic. So the dairy, back to dairy, very inflammatory. It is known to literally increase the growth of cancerous tumors of 87% of known human cancers. So it's basically miracle growth for cancer. It's horrible for you. It causes migraines, it causes arthritis, it causes, intensifies diabetes, causes acne, speeds cancer. Our FDA, if you actually look up what is allowed to be in your dairy, and this grosses you out, grosses me out. It really helps me stay away from it. I will be honest, I will occasionally have cheese because cheese was the hardest thing for me to give up of everything. Bacon smells great, but it no longer tastes good. Cheese that way still tastes good. But if you go without it for a while and you have it again, you can taste the bad things in it. And here, here we go with the bad things. So what our FDA allows in the dairy, and I don't know about in certain, um, what the rules and regulations are, you may have so many parts per million of pus because 90% of our cows have did udders. You can have so much diarrhea because over 70% of our cows have IBS from all of the antibiotics and so forth they have in it. You can have a certain amount of blood. The blood's coming in the diarrhea. It's also coming in the pus. You can have, I know it's just, just me, the heebie-jeebies thing. No, you can have for, for us in Suriname, yes. shortly for us in Suriname, a lot of people are like, yeah, what milk gives us, like it's a laxative. Like it's, and now it explains the dairy. <laughs> Yes, it does, right? It, it explains it. In all honesty, the only good thing that I can say about dairy, the only good thing is that it scientifically has been proven that it really does cut the spice. If you eat a ghost pepper, dairy will help knock down that spice. But that's it. That's all it's good for. It is so incredibly bad for you. It's not even funny. Oh, yeah. So one more little fact, at least here as of two years ago, I haven't looked it up this year. The dairy in America that's used to make cheese. So that, that was the dairy, the things allowed in our milk and in our ice cream and in our yogurt. The dairy used for cheese is the dairy that did not make the cut for milk. Isn't that awful? Oh, it's disgusting. Yeah. A great book to read is, or just look into him, T. Colin Campbell. He was a scientist. He grew up. On a dairy farm, I believe. I could be confusing him with the Baskin-Robbins guys because they actually became vegan too. The sons of the Baskin-Robbins starters because they learned how bad dairy was for you and they they could not justify earning their money by literally killing people selling ice cream. Anyway, T. Colin Campbell, 
did over 30 years of research, mostly in Canada, not Canada, China, but also in the Philippines. And that is where he found that 87% of known cancers are fed by dairy. Like it just, it just explodes them. But that particular book is, give me a moment to remember, I've got it on my shelf, hold on, the China study. It, it's a hard read, but the information, it really hits it, it makes it hit home that we're poisoning ourselves with our food. I have just- And with our pharmaceuticals. Can we get back to that? I have just one more curious question on the topic of food, and then we can move on to the, the other topics. Because John Luke mentioned something interesting, like macro historically, if you look at evolution, you know, we, we got used to the taste. There's also something I've come across recently, like some people also spectrum of the vegan or plant-based diets is the all meat diets, right? And historically yes. speaking, humans are kind of also herbivores. They also eat meat, historically speaking, hunting, etc. Like, could you do that same breakdown on meat? Like, what would be the good, the bad, and maybe in between on, on that? So those that say, to rewind, in the past, in certain areas of the world, especially extremely cold climates, where your plants aren't growing through the winter, they did survive a lot on meat. However not just meat. How often could they go out and make a kill? How long did that meat last? Two, three days. Okay, well, what did they eat in the week between? They didn't eat the meat because it spoiled. What did they eat? Plants. So all those people claiming that we survived on only meat for so long? No, we didn't. Nowhere on the planet did we just eat meat. We ate meat this much of the time and lived on plants the rest of the time. It's just when you had that kill. So not to smelt T. Cole Kimball again, but in his studies, he found that if you are not terminal, if you are terminal, stay away from meat and dairy 100% period. If you are not terminal, stay away from dairy period for the reasons I said before. But he said that a 5% of your entire diet being organic, you have free range, however, fed and kosher killed is not the word I'm looking for, humanely killed meat, 5% of your diet will not increase your inflammation and increase your risks. He was specifically towards cancer and heart disease and so forth, but that's only 5%. That's a tiny amount of meat. Anything above the 5% increased tremendously your risk and above 20%, your risk skyrockets. Between the five and 20 is, it's not a sweet spot. Five and under is your sweet spot. Five to 20 is you're, you're messing with your risks here. Over 20, you are giving yourself disease. So here's why. So meat does have some great things to it. Iron. I actually have to take extra iron. I've, I've since learned since I was 19 that my body does not absorb iron properly. I can get a ton of it. It just doesn't attach to the right cells that take it to the other cells that need it. So high in iron, B12, although you can get B12 from plants. I don't know why they say you cannot. You just have to eat a lot of the right things to get it. The downsides of meat. Sorry, that, that was it. That's all I can give you for the good things. Protein, iron, B12. Iron is, iron is yeah. the most important one. Yeah, definitely. 
So did you know that leafy greens can give you anywhere from 25 to 300 times more iron than the meat can? Yeah, there's a list. There's a list. And I should know the list by heart because I had an iron shortage as well when I had an internal bleeding. So yeah, I should know it by heart, but I keep forgetting it. I don't know my heart yeah. either. You're okay. <laughs> and I that is the one supplement I do have to highly take just because there's something wrong in my system that doesn't absorb it. That probably leads to the bleeding thing. The downsides of meat. Fruits and vegetables have fiber. You need fiber to push things through your bowels. Without the fiber, things don't move. They, they get stuck. So meat going through your system has no zero, no fiber to it. So it's going to go in. And what do we say about meat? How long does it take meat to start to spoil? Yeah, a few days. Hours. Oh, hours. Not even, you left it out on the counter. It is growing bacteria in hours and it is putrefying within 24 hours. Okay, well, if you don't have the fiber and you have a diet that's a lot, that's quite high in meat, even if it's not high in meat, if you added meat to what you just ate, it now stopped up your intestines and it's going to sit there and it's going to putrefy and your intestines absorb nutrients. Like your stomach takes some of it, goes through your duodenum and your jejunum and all that. And then down into your small intestines, your small intestines absorb a lot. Then the large intestines absorb even more. Okay. So now you're letting it absorb the literally putrefied bacteria filled meat that you just ate. It's toxic. It is literally poisonous toxic. So that is one of the main issues with meat. It really does not offer, if you're comparing fruits and vegetables and healthy grain to meat, millions, millions of nutrients, phytonutrients, minerals, a few decent ones, then you can get all of them over here. There's, there's no reason to eat meat other than I get it. It tastes good. However, another thing to look at with eating meat is what do you do to make the meat taste good? You don't typically cook it plain. Yeah, it's a lot of spices and things go in it. Now, the spices are good. It's the, you cook it in oil. You salt the living daylights out of it. So you fried it. That, okay, we're back to the oxidative stress. Anytime you fry or grill anything or broil it, you've now created a whole layer of oxidative stress or oxidation around the outside of that thing. So you're now eating even more free radicals for your body to have to fight. So with fruits and vegetables, you eat it and it actually helps you. With meat, you eat it and you have to fight it. It's taking away from your immune system's ability to keep you healthy. So quickly, then how about raw fish? Like, for instance, sashimi and sushi. The raw fish is also still considered meat, and it does not have fiber. And you risk the mercury issues with the fish. The, what they tout to be a good thing about fish are the fish oils and the omegas that are in there to help with brain health and so forth. You can get all of that, and it actually is more acceptable to your body and less damaging to your arteries. because. An oil is an oil is an oil. This is another one of my pet peeves. Olive oil is still bad for you. The olive is good for you, but you've taken it away from its original source. You're just the oil. It is 100% fat. 
fat clogs your arteries, no matter what form it comes in. It clogs your arteries. Avocado oil. Avocados are good for you in limitation because they are high in fat, even though it's healthy fat. Same for olives. Limitations. If you just use the oil, you are ingesting 100% oil. It literally is absorbed and clogs up your arteries. It is. Other oils are worse, but that doesn't mean these are good. So fish oil, it's still an oil. But now granted, eating the fish directly, you're not getting straight out oil. So that is better for you than taking the fish oil. But it's not as good for you as, say, the hemp seed or the flax seeds or the chia seeds that have all of those omegas in them that the fish oil has. And you can get it in something that has zero bad effects, all good effects. So it's, uh, okay, I don't remember the name of the book. was like, eat this, not that. Okay, this has some benefit. This has more. <laughs> I want that one. Give me that one. So. Yeah, so. And I feel like well, I'm missing a part of the question there. I, I go on tangents. I love this. No, that, that, that was perfect. A very visual. Oh, no, I know what I was going to say, actually. You were talking about, I was going to talk about grains. If I may, for a moment, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about course, we're talking about what our body is used to over time and over, I'm not going to say evolution, but it kind of is the evolution of the human body. Personally, I don't believe we came from monkeys because if we did, why are there still monkeys? And how come we don't have the in-between stages and we're not digging them up like the dinosaur bones? So we still have monkeys and we have humans, but we have evolved in some ways. Nutritionally, Grain-wise, so I'm personally dealing with this now. My doctor took me off of gluten. I was not happy because, remember, the doctor 30 years ago took me off of meat and alcohol and dairy and popcorn and all the good how stuff. Do you, how do you do <laughs> gluten-free vegan food? That just seems like... It, Go ahead. Be 100% honest, at first, it sucked. I was so mad. I was just... Living in a world of negativity for three months. And then they took my blood. They're like, oh, look, your ferritin levels went up and your transferrin levels went down. So my iron levels in the blood are fine. The iron's in the blood. But it's not attaching to the transferrin and the ferritin. So anyway, three months, it helped. After six months, they're like, dude, get off your iron supplements because now you're toxically high in iron. Everything's fine by removing the gluten. But now here's the thing, people with celiac disease and with some other just gluten sensitivities of sorts, many of those people can eat bread and anything made from the flour that comes out of Israel and Norway and a lot of Ukraine. Hmm, why is that? Oh, they didn't genetically modify it. It's still the original form of gluten, of wheat from 2,000, 5,000, 10,000 years ago. Israel and Norway have kept the original ancient grain seeds. They have not scientifically doctored them. And our bodies accept it. They know what to do with it. They don't know what to do with all these genetically modified foods. It's like removing that one nutrient out of the apple. Your cell does not recognize it. It needs the whole apple. Well, you just There are literally potatoes that have been genetically altered with fish DNA. You have a fish potato that you're eating for dinner. 
Why would we do that to a potato? Because it gave it the right color, because this fish had some kind of cool DNA thing that would turn it a little bit blue, which made the potato look a little more white and prevent this one bug from eating it. So the increase in gluten That's... issues is something quite recent because of the mm -hmm. genetically modified. It's the genetically modification of it. I Yeah, because I, I hadn't heard of gluten not... since like five years ago and suddenly like the past several years, yeah. everything, oh, this restaurant, do you have gluten-free food, et cetera? And everywhere. And before I went gluten-free, I had a coworker whose daughter had celiac and she had to change her lotion, her makeup, her shampoo. Why do we have gluten in our makeup? I have no idea. Who needs flour and wheat in your makeup? It makes no sense. But she had to change everything because those products had gluten in them. And if her daughter just, you know, kissed her on the cheek or, or put her cheek up to her cheek, her daughter would end up in the hospital. It could kill her. It's just insane. Anyway, well, it's, so no, it's, insane. it's insane because on one hand, it's like, okay, soy milk as an alternative for like, like cow milk. And then on the other hand, it's like, mm -hmm. Soy also gives issues to gluten, people who have issues with gluten. So it's kind of like, it's kind of. Yes, but do you know why? No. Again, in regular soy milk, the cheaper brands, if you look on the back, it's going to be edamame, soybean, whatever, that's been genetically modified. If you get an organic, non-genetically modified soy milk, I would bet you they would not have the same issues. It, it's disturbing. So why did we need to genetically modify our soybean? I have no idea. Money. Mass production. <laughs> commercial. Mass Making it cheaper. Okay. But that was a great segment on food and the different types of food, actually. So, Sean, look, I think let's move to the more the other parts of the book that uh, Joey <laughs> likes to have. Highlight one thing I was interested in because you're you're doing massage therapy as well. So I, I'm curious to know. I, I haven't delved deep into the different type of massages, but I think the popular one are the, the the Swedish something Swedish massage. Swedish deep tissue. Swedish yeah. deep tissue massage, and then you have also Eastern like with the pressure points, etc. Yes, acupuncture. Yeah, acupuncture. So so yeah, could you? In your experience, elaborate on the, the these different types of massages and like uh, I'm especially curious in like the, the Eastern approach versus the Western approach to massage. Uh, if you have to okay. elaborate, yeah, absolutely. I am not extremely well versed in the Eastern side, but I I hope I can do it justice. So I was trained Western. I was trained Swedish and neuromuscular deep tissue. Some reflexology, but I will not claim that it's the real Eastern deal at all. It, it's more of a first reversion. Trying to remember what all I did in school. So we had to learn a little bit of shiatsu, polarity therapy, sports massage, pregnancy massage, reflexology. It, it's honestly mostly deep tissue, Swedish neuromuscular. That's what you see. Now hot stone massage is a thing. So that's the Western side. Then Eastern side, you've got the shiatsu, you've got the acupuncture, you have a bunch of different energetic types of massage that deal with your chakras and with meridians and the points along those. And again, I'm not well versed in that, but I'm versed enough to know that they are truly onto something. It's quite miraculous what they've known for thousands of years. 
and what our society is like, oh, I might do something, but I'd rather take the pill. They've been curing diseases for thousands of years, you know, pressing points on a line, not even pressing, stick a needle in it or even just hovering over it, doing nothing, blowing on it. And it worked. It's Eastern medicine is fascinating. And it's on my to-do list. I wish I could live another 900 years because there are too many things I want to learn and learn how to do. And Add it to the bucket list. It, yes, I have a long, long, long bucket list. <laughs> very long bucket list. God's not allowed to let me die for a very long time. can't remember who lived the longest, but it was like 1,117 years or something. I went that. I think I went that. Maybe I don't. Who knows? Okay, so... Western, well, all the massage, all body work in general, boosts your immune system if you get it regularly. This includes chiropractor, acupuncture, trying to think of what else is considered normal here. Your general Swedish, your deep tissue. I personally got a deep tissue massage today and a chiropractic adjustment. Each, each thing, each type has a specific benefit. For example, Swedish massage. It's very flowing. It's very relaxing. It's not deep pressure. A lot of people fall asleep, which they get the benefit of the massage and the nap at the same time. Lucky people. It lowers your blood pressure. It lowers your cortisol levels. It improves, not improves. It somehow forces your body to emit endorphins. So you're literally happier afterwards. It helps your lymphatic system. It helps to get that flowing and to declutter is not the term here either. I'm obviously tired. Time change, man. Time change is a killer. It helps to clean out your lymph nodes and to detoxify the body. And you just mentally are in a better place after a massage. Now that's after one massage. If you get them on a regular basis, and this is, I learned this actually through chiropractic. You get one chiropractic adjustment, one massage, you boost your immune system anywhere from 50 to 100%. And I'll have to double check these percentages. Sometimes I make them up, but it, it's significant. If you go regularly, if you have these things done once a week, once every other week, once a month is a little too long a time, you need shorter, it boosts your immune system 400%. You're, you have the ability to fight off all diseases 400% more when you do these simple things regularly. Plus, you're still getting that lowered blood pressure, increased circulation, increased lymphatic flow, lower cortisol levels, the stress relief, the endorphins, you get all of the good. And then when you go into Eastern medicine, it's way more because they're dealing with the energetics and the meridians. And with reflexology, when I do do that, you can literally put a woman into labor working on their feet. You can help them poop or you can dry it up working on their feet. You can relieve a headache working on their feet. Like It's amazing how the body is so interconnected. And like I said, I can't do Eastern medicine justice other than try it. It works. I know it works. I can't prove it works, but I know it does. Scientifically, they have proven the blood pressure and the cortisol and the endorphins and all of that. But Eastern medicine goes deeper and is energetic and we just don't have the machinery yet. We just got machines that can literally see energetic auras. It actually sees the colors that people thought were just voodoo, who hot people were making it up. No, we actually I, I, I didn't know that. 
yes. So within the last five to 10 years, they have advanced enough technologically to be able to see the energetic field through computer systems on the body. We really do go out so many levels and there are colors to the different levels. And evidently, according to our our health, our mood, our everything else, the colors do change, which again, 25 years ago when I was in massage therapy school, I would say that is all. <laughs> yes, it's just made up crazy new age stuff. And the longer I'm in this, the whole crystal healing, well, did you know crystals have a vibration? Did you know your organs have a vibration? Certain colored rocks vibrate at a certain level. Same for a tuning fork. Say you need 330 hertz or whatever it is. Well, okay, your kidney maybe needs 330. These are not the correct numbers. It's supposed to be a 330, but it's running at 225. And so your kidney function is not what it's supposed to be. Well, guess what? You put something that's 330 up beside your kidney on the body and the kidney will raise its vibration to meet it. And it literally improves the function of the kidney all just from music or vibration or literally holding a rock because it's all energy and it's vibrating. We just can't see and feel it. So we don't believe it. But now science has gone far enough to say, no, it actually really is. That's why we know canned vegetables are dead. They don't have a vibration. Back to the future. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's really to, 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 to go for a circle. It's like one of the reasons, like there are people that saying like, yeah, AI is nice, but like we're just learning certain parts of our body that we haven't even learned about. And we're like not even close to halfway there or something. We're just, we're all of a sudden realizing. And it's like, and these are like, it's, it's hard because like, 20 years ago, if somebody would say something like that, which would be like, no, listen to your doctor. There's no discussion. That's the way it should be. And now we're yes. slowly seeing like, hey, this isn't a one-size-fits-all. This is an approach that works for everybody. Mm -hmm. So there's so many new things coming in, which make it really hard to figure out the direction. But we're closing in on the hour mark. So, Jody, yes, there's a book coming out. Where, there is. where are... If, if people are interested and, and want to know more, because this has been a really interesting conversation, what's the best way to connect with you at the moment? Or what's the way that if you, people want, are excited about the book? Mm -hmm. How can they best keep in touch with you? So right now, Diego and I were talking earlier. I am a creative person. I am a musician. I'm a massage therapist. I work with my hands and with my heart. So tech, technology is not my forte. So Facebook. Jody Taylor Isaacs on Facebook. And then my email, J-O-D-I-E-J-K at gmail.com are the main places when the book comes out. It's going to come out on Amazon first and not ready yet. I'm pretty sure it's a work in progress, but the title is most likely going to be Fix It, Don't Break It, a modern manual for the human body is what it Oh, I love it. Fix it, don't rig it. Fix it, don't rig it. That sounds really good, actually. Yeah. Well, that's it for now. I am working on the whole website marketing. I'm just trying to get the book written, man. I, there's too much rolling around in here. Content so, first, distribution later. Well, yes, exactly. Content first, distribution later. As soon as you have yes, that, feel free to share it. Yeah. Please find me on Facebook or shoot me off an email and... I look forward to talking to people and helping them on their, their path to a healthier body, healthier mind, 
living a life of gratitude and joy in whatever situation you're in. Yeah, there, there are so many topics and you mentioned the little secrets. We just touched a very few of them during this episode. Uh, yeah, it's like 40, I think we covered yeah, three. Yeah, a, a big segment on food, which is very interesting. Like a lot of people are interested in the food. That's why we stuck to it. Uh, and that's how the conversation went naturally. And yeah, I think this was a really, really fun episode, especially comparing. It, it just goes to show we had a lot of health-related episodes already. And yet... Mm-hmm. It is still so interesting. Totally different direction. Wonderful to learn. So much to learn. So Jody, we really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. It's been fun. Yeah, likewise. Uh, Jean-Luc, do you have any final thoughts? And then yeah. we can close up with a final word for Jody. Well, Jody, it's been amazing. There's so many divots and small pieces of information that we will definitely send your way which you can use once the book comes out to promote it. We'll add your, your info, your socials, and your email address. We'll add it in the episode description. And we, once again, want to thank you for an awesome social conversation. This was Social Confos. See you back next week. Same place, same time. Bye-bye.